What's up, y'all? You're listening to The Goat Rodeo, a podcast about how to do life, family, travel, and small business all on your own terms. Let's get to it. What's up, Go Rodeo podcast listeners? This is Chad de Blasio. We're back with another episode with today sharing with Sean Austin Gordon, who is the owner of Kiss Books. If you don't know what Kiss Books is and you're not in the photography world, uh, they make heirloom albums for clients and customers of the photographers um, in order for them to be able to carry out their legacy um, in a visual format. So Sean's got lots of experience um, in dealing with people and uh, we had a little bit of technical difficulty that just kind of cut out the first part of our conversation. But what we were talking about as, as we'll join this conversation is um, Sean's uh, realization that the power of being curious, um, accepting the process that he is becoming the person that he wants to be and uh, allowing that process to just be the value that he places in the world has given him the ability to, instead of seeking out uh, being powerful in relationships um, and in his business, um, having strength and how he chooses to be vulnerable, how he chooses to show up and ask for criticism and um, and really how that affects all of the different aspects of the life that he wants. So um, join us as we s- jump into the conversation as he's talking to me uh, about the relationships he has with his kids um, and how He's realized some of these things in his business because of the ways that he's realized them in his personal life with with what the difference between wanting to control how they act and and basically become uh, a person that makes him look like a good dad um, and how actually opening up and being vulnerable and curious uh, allows them to become as they are becoming um, uh, part of his response to the uh, controlling that situation is giving them. Um, the ability to to become who they are going to be in their best form um, and presenting their even in their family um, that opportunity in in the kind of environment that he curates by by simply being curious and vulnerable himself. So hope you love the recording. Um, as always, I'd love to hear your feedback. Um, and if you, if you find it valuable, I'd love for you to share it with somebody that you care about. Thanks. What I, I think that we're getting into and like talking about some of the things that like really these are the things that impact people, right? Is that, is that as a, as a business owner, as a dad, as a husband, all of those constructs, like all of those different relationships are going to affect all of those different relationships, right? If you're failing as a father mm-hmm. or you're failing as a dad from showing up, it, it starts bleeding into how you parent your kids because you feel you, you try to retain some power, right? You mentioned that before we started recording was, is, is you, you, you try to retain some sort of balance of like, I have a control over this, which is a basic need mm-hmm. to feel like you, you know what you're doing and you have some control over it. But the way that you try to do that is by making sure, well, I'm feeling like my wife doesn't want me as a husband, as a leader. So like I start mm-hmm. to control how my ch- my children act. I try to teach them. I try mm-hmm. to make them, force them to follow rules because it feels then like, well, at least I can do something right, right? And then you, and then that yeah. translates into your business because now you're trying to control your business in the same way. And, and you, we, a, yeah. a phrase we said earlier was I'm filling up cups, right? Is like, is, is eventually when you pursue your life in a way that is about gaining a following versus making other leaders or helping basically, I think about it like this way is teaching people the right answers versus teaching people how to get answers is that you, what you're basically doing is you're trying to fulfill the same need on both sides, but one of them is giving you a limited resource as a return. And one of them is getting, giving you like a resource that is renewing. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
yeah, the measurable things in our life, um, there's easier things to measure than others. Um, and so it's like, when it comes to business there, that's why so many people are drawn to like, I'm just like, I am respected at work. They know they get me. But the reason is, is because there's money that goes into your account at the end of the week or the end of the pay yeah. period. And so it's like, I'm worth X amount. We're at home. It's like, that's where purpose and like how you live into your purpose, how you show up each day. That's very yeah. hard to measure. And sometimes it can take, you may not ever see it. It may be when you're dead that they totally understand like, oh, he was always, and then they say like, whatever the anchor is mm -hmm. that you were in life, you know, but that is like something that is so difficult. So it's like, I'd rather just go to work because at least at the end of that, I get, I get yeah. paid. And, and with that money, I can go do something, yeah. you know? And so, and then I do it again. It's just easier for me to be at work because there's a pecking mm -hmm. order. I am the manager. I yeah. am the employee, wherever you are, you know, where you're at, or when you're at home, and you get disrespected by your kid or by your spouse or something like that. It's like, don't you know who I am at yeah, work? Right. Like they pay me for it. Where here it's like, Hey, you know what yeah. you have? You have uh, like, what is the gift of you? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it like indifferent? Um, because all, what if I was only left with my words in my mm. mind? What would I have? If I couldn't prove myself to you any other way, and I've learned this from my wife, she is a transformational coach and I've learned this from her is like those that's purpose. And then how you live into that purpose are the words that you choose to say the, the times you choose to get curious versus trying to control that with the power that you have, or you think you have, um, there's very few things that we actually can control. Yeah. And they're, they're so focused on us that it's like, there is like nothing outside of our reach that we actually have control over. And as soon as we think we can is like, it can go as fast as you think you have it. It's pretty, well, talk amazing. to me a little bit. I know you'd mentioned this before, but talk to me a little bit more about that. Like you said, curious is a, is a word that you value highly. Like how did that start to shift for you from being like more driven to, to find people who are similar to you or like, like things like you like, or do business like you do, or, or that you, you know, maybe you could learn something from like, versus like, when the, when did the shift start happening that you started looking more for curious people or like curious life and making that kind of the standard of what makes us alike versus those other qualifiers we typically use? Yeah, it was really like, I, I couldn't put like, I know now that this was the point that this happened. Mm -hmm. And, um, <laughs> it was literally when I shared everything about myself and, um, Jamie chose to still love me through it. Um, it was like, if you knew these things about me, it's not lovable. Like there's no way you'd want me in the same room as you are to raise kids together or to like share this life with, if you knew who I actually was. And so what was interesting was it wasn't like I shared my story and she's like, I still love you. She didn't say it like that right away. She was very, very hurt by it, but it was this process and we just stayed curious together. Like we had a therapist in the room for a lot of it. Um, and the therapist, that's what she did was she just stayed curious with us. Like, um, so why do you think you did that? And um, what, what does that remind you of? And it was just this like curiosity that made it to where it was like, it wasn't me causing the pain or her causing the pain. It was this version of them that like, they felt like that was the best option mm -hmm. to them at the time. That was it. That's not really who you are. It does not make you who you are. We're not wrong, bad, or broken. Right. It's like we 
just like responding with what we think is our options in front of us. So being curious just opens up the options. It's like a coach from the sideline, right? We see somebody run the ball a specific way. We're like, why did they go that way? That is the only option that they thought they thought they had yeah. in front of them from the sidelines or from the stands or from the TV, from the, the from the um, yeah. camera angle. <clears throat> it's like, no, there's clearly, if you would have gone right, yeah. there's a wide open path. We, we do not know about that path unless we get curious and we watch that recording of us after the, mm. after the game, right? We watch it and we're like, oh, he always blocks like that. So I can just yeah. go right. We don't know that. All we see is like this cage in front of us and all these other people around us wanting to take the ball from us, you know? And and that's how life happens. I mean, but if we stay curious, now I would say, like you asked me that question, um, why do I want to live that way? It's like once I started to realize that our generation was changing and we're now serving a different demographic as like as a photographer, um, as like the people getting married are now like millennials and stuff like that, they get this like bad rap for certain things. Right. But if we stay curious and understand who they actually are, we can serve them yeah. better and we get, we can get to know them. And so that is, I mean, I, I just love to understand why people are the way that they are. But if I think, Nope, you need to do it the same way the generation before you did it. Cause it's working for them or not or whatever. Um, they say like the, the meaning of um, insanity is doing the same thing over and over expecting a different yeah. result. What's funny is in the uh, addiction world, um, they say what's even crazier than that is doing the same thing over and over, knowing what the result is and still choosing it. You're not expecting <laughs> no. a different outcome. You know it's crazy to do yeah. the drug. And so you, you still do it knowing that you're going to be like, yep, this still wasn't the best high I've ever had yeah. or whatever, you know, whatever you're it's, chasing. That's an interesting so. perspective to, to think about it from that vantage point of like, you know, I, and, and even I think something you didn't mention in that is like, is there's an, an, a built in kind of a sense of grace for life and yourself in recognizing that like everybody is doing the best they can with what they see available. Right. And so if you can give yourself that grace to say like, I didn't, obviously I didn't mean to hurt these people that are important to me. What kind of a psychopath does that? But at Mm -hmm. the point where I was trying to make the best decision that either served my purpose or protected me from being hurt worse or whatever that like I was trying to d- to make the best decisions I could that spared as many people as possible. Right. Like that, yeah. having that grace to move forward and, and saying like, and I also believe that's true of you is uh, I don't know if you've read much of the, or done any of the like love and respect things, but that's one of the things that they mentioned is like mm-hmm. just that basic understanding or that basic assumption of good in other people and in yourself is like, you have to realize that that is going to open up a lot of other doors that you're probably going to close if you're looking for someone to blame or if you're looking for someone to complain about, right? But that takes mm-hmm. such big responsibility, dude. It's so I, I think that's the thing I love to dig into more is like, is how did you start doing that? Like, what were some of the things like, what were some of the things that you were doing in your life at that point that allowed you to be vulnerable that was just like, because that's not something people just wake up, they're like, you know, hey, I actually think I'm going to go through this awful, terrible ordeal with my wife. Or or with my business partner or my spouse or my, you know, partner in life. My dad, dad, like there's all, you just name every relationship in my life probably. And it's happened. Um, And I think like what you just said really resonated with me because I hated that term when, when somebody, when people first started saying it to me, yeah, they did the best with what they had. I was ready to just like neck punch (laughs) that person. 
because I was like, that's really? the best you had. You think that was the best? There's no way. They have to have known something better than that. They chose yeah. that. And it was like my it was my therapist um that that said that as well was like, can you imagine being your dad and and the pain that he caused? It's all you see is the pain mm-hmm. that he caused. Can you, you don't wake up and do those things. You don't wake up one day and just decide that it is literally so many things have happened to you and the decisions that you've made to where you wake up and do that thing. That is very painful like that. You, you know, at any person in their right mind that, that are like, that want something great for their kid, don't wake up and allow that to happen. But it doesn't mean that all these things didn't happen to them, you know? And then later in life, I came across a mentor that challenged me with my relationship with my dad because him and I hadn't talked for three years and I I was ready to write him off. Every time we did talk, like pain came right back really quick. And, um, he reminded me of that. He said, you know, like you keep saying this word capable, your dad's capable of this. He said, if he was capable of any more, would you want to know? And I said, no, he's like, okay, like, tell me why. And I said, cause every time I think he's capable of more, he hurts me. And, um, he's like, okay, explain that. And so I explained it. I just said like, I want super dad and I think he's only capable Mm -hmm. of this. And so I mourn the loss of my dad who's still alive today. He just wasn't in the room. So I went through like mourning the loss of this like superhero dad that I thought he was or wanted him to be. And, um, so he goes, cool. How's that working out? You know? And I was like, well, we're talking again. And uh, he's like, cool. Is that what you want out of that relationship? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, really? And he goes, if he was capable of more, would you want to know? And I was like, no. And he's like, what are you afraid of? I said, I'm afraid of getting hurt again. You know, we're finally talking again. And I just think like, as my dad, we should talk. Like, yeah, he goes, this way of living is very dangerous, but it's very, very satisfying Mm -hmm. as well. He goes, the dangerous part is being willing to. When, When any thought comes in our mind, when anything comes in, you have a willingness to and you get to choose which way it goes. There's this thing called the map of consciousness. And when a tendency come in, comes in, so somebody, somebody says something to us, it could be offensive. It could just be a question that we don't know the answer to. It could be something we know the answer to. We have a choice of being willing to go to. And then the map, map of consciousness, the top of it is like peace, patience, kindness. Um, there, there's all these like positive things that we would see as positive things. And then the bottom is like fear. <coughs> Excuse me pride, um, shame, yeah. anger. We get to choose what we're going to do with that. And, and when it came to my dad, I regularly ran to shame. Shame, like if zero is death, a thousand is like enlightenment yeah. or like anything above 600 is like you're okay with whatever is. Um, shame is 20 on a scale of zero to a thousand. It is so near death. Yeah. But I regularly ran to it. But I didn't know anything about my dad other than the pain that he had caused his relationship with my mom, the things that happened to me while I was in that house, like the things that I I, I thought he was choosing to do. And so it was finally to a point where it was like, if you, he goes, if, if your dad, um, do he said, do you miss your dad? And I said, no. And I lived 2000 miles away from him at the time. And he goes, if he passed away, would you like, how would you feel? And I was like, I don't, I don't think I'd feel very much. And he goes, if you want to feel what you're telling me, because I told him, like, I would love to miss him. I would love to have conversations right. with him, um, but I'm afraid to. He said, if, you're, if you want that, you have to get to know him because nobody wakes up. And I had shared some things that he had caused, right. you know. Um, he goes, nobody wakes up and wants that for their son, for their spouse, for their 
anything. Um, if you knew who he was, I think you would start to miss him. And so we had this long conversation. I got curious with him. I asked him all these questions and we're still having these mm-hmm. conversations. I'm getting to know him all the time, but it's, it's crazy because at the end of the first conversation that we had, it was four hours long and he talked nearly the entire time. And he told me about his childhood. I gave him a hug and I felt like a, we hardly ever hugged when I was a kid, (laughs) um, but I felt like he needed a hug. And I was like, dad, thank you so much for showing up the way that you did. And, um, he's like, yeah, like, I didn't think I'd say half the stuff (laughs) I did. And, um, but I said, I, I feel like we're just getting started. He goes, yeah, I think yeah. so too. And now he's moved to Indiana. Like we're, we, we try and meet, you know, and chat about stuff. And it's like, it's scary because before I go and meet with him, I still think he can yeah. hurt me. I know sure. he can if he wants to, but he wants to be known just like right. I do. Whether like the good, bad, and the ugly, you know, like his childhood makes mine not look that bad. And mine was <laughs> yeah. crazy, you know? That's, uh, that's similar to a lot I of, got to know yeah, who he was. Similar to a lot of things that happened in my relationship with my dad and my dad passed away when I was 25. Um, before I had, before I had had kids, you know, just a couple years into my marriage, like, um, I spent most of my life not having a clue who he was, but always assuming he did these things because he was a coward or because he chose not to show up or because he wanted drugs more than me or, or like, you know what I mean? Like I would say a large portion of my childhood, young adulthood was, I struggled with the fact that like, if you really knew me, you'd leave like he did. And I didn't, I don't know that I could have put it into those words, but like so many of my relationships, I can trace back to looking at them and saying like, I hide personality parts that I think are unacceptable or unlovable or unwanted Mm -hmm. because then you won't have a reason to leave. But unintentionally what we do, and I saw this with my daughter, um, you know, going through cheerleading is like unintentionally what we do is we only give people the parts that we think they want. And then they don't really have a reason to care about you other than those parts. So if those parts aren't relevant mm-hmm. to them or, or relevant to what's happening, it's like, it's like, well, I'll just change the channel, you know, which speaks then mm-hmm. to you. Like even more of the things you fear is that people don't want you. People don't want to be around you. People don't need you. People don't, you're not interesting. And it's like, it's, it just blows my mind because so many things in my, in my adult life as a dad, I think there's no way my dad didn't feel this. He was not a horrible human Mm -hmm. being. Actually, he was so well liked, even though he was such an asshole. You know what I mean? Like, because Mm -hmm. he was such a good human and he was raised by good humans that like, I know there's no chance my dad didn't hold me the first time and feel what I'm feeling right now holding my son. Like, the world is the best Mm -hmm. place in in the whole human experience. You know what I mean? Like this part of the world right now is the reason why I'm happy. I'm breathing. There's no way he didn't feel that. And to think that he didn't not only discredits his journey and his feelings, but mine as well, because I am part of him, Mm -hmm. you know? And I, I feel like looking back on those things or reflecting through those in that lens of like everybody was, he was doing the best he could at the time. And just like, you know, an alcoholic doesn't wake up and start drinking 30 beers a day. He drinks five and, and that feels better than the way he did feel. And then he drinks 15 and that feels mm-hmm. better than the way he did feel. And, you know, it's like nobody wants mm-hmm. badness in their life. And to assume that they do means that you don't understand what you're made of. If I feel like it's, it's uh, mm-hmm. Andy Frisella. Do you, could, do you follow him at all? You know who that is? The MF, mm-hmm. MF CEO guy. He started uh, the exercise program 75 hard. Like um, it, I, I just know him from Instagram stuff, but like one of the things he said that really has always just latched onto my thoughts is like, is if you, if you look at someone else and like 
want to hate on their success, then it's kind of this idea that like you're hating on the, on the idea of success and you'll never have it Mm -hmm. and you'll be bitter that they have it and you don't, but you don't realize it's not their success. That's making you unsuccessful. It's you basically speaking to the world that you don't agree. People deserve success, right? Is it's this upside down kind of a mentality that like, I didn't realize I was my roadblock. I didn't realize that so many things in my income and my relationships, like, and the feeling that I wanted desperately from people that I mattered was being choked alive, like choked out completely by me trying to control how they got to interact with me rather than just saying like, what I really wanted was here's who I am. And I, and I know that I'm, I'm awesome and worthy because I know that you're awesome and worthy, right? Is like, mm-hmm. it was such yeah. an idea like, and to, to bring that into a business perspective, like the idea of like scarcity versus plenty is like, every time mm-hmm. I feel myself this is something I tell our students to do a lot is like, if you feel like you don't have any money and you feel like you're really scared that no one's ever going to book again, go spend whatever $10 you have in your pocket on somebody who can't pay you back. And they're like, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. That's the poor, that's the dumbest advice I've ever gotten. I'm like, well, here's the thing that it teaches your brain, which you don't realize how incredibly um, driven and, and controlled you are by what your base level thoughts are. <laughs> but like it teaches mm-hmm. your brain. There's more than enough. There's always more than enough. There's more than enough. And if you honestly believe that in like your responsive part of your brain, the the amygdala, if you believe that there is always more than enough, you will respond to, to periods or struggles of less than differently. You will not hoard. You won't, you won't tighten in your grip. You'll say like, there's look, I only have like a loaf of bread left, but like, I know there's a whole grocery store full of bread, right? is it it's i feel like it, that's such a huge deal to people and like i know everybody like there's probably no one listening that hasn't had some kind of an issue with one of their parents right and so yeah. much of that colors like you had mentioned earlier when we talked in other conversations like that you have uh people's like uh myers briggs and infj enft or entp i don't even know what the letters are you have their myers briggs and their enneagrams next to their next to their uh names um, so that you can like in your phone book so that you can like think about who they are. Um, mm-hmm. what, is, what, I mean, if you were looking at this from like a personal perspective into business and somebody's listening to this podcast thinking like, well, how does this matter to me? Like, how have you found that those, those personal things you've discovered or those relationships that you've been willing to have with your wife have affected your business? Yeah. Like how we show up in one thing is how we show up in all things. It was a hard thing for me to wrap my mind around. Um, but it it really depends on like what we are trying to cause, you know, and, and we think so many times I believe, and I'm the same way, like, I think success means this and success is a certain amount of dollars in my account and a certain type of car that I drive and certain type of vacations that I take. And I think that's a part of it if that's what I want to make it Mm -hmm. a part of, but like, I know very like wealthy people and I know people that, you know, just work standard jobs. What the the difference is like like my my dad made a lot more money than like my grandpa mm-hmm. did but i have some of the best memories in my grandpa's house because of the house that he created not because of the type of house it was i've been back to it as an adult and i'm like why did i love this place this is kind of like <laughs> it's, it's definitely rough yeah. you know yeah and i i slept on the floor in the living room like there wasn't i didn't have a guest room and and a bed half the time because there was like the grandkids yeah. showed up but i remember like that the mornings with breakfast, like the conversations that we had were like 
meaningful to me as a kid on my level where in my house it was just loud and there was a lot of arguing and a lot of like like just issues with that and so in a business standpoint it depends on what you think you're in business doing like if you're if i am just chasing money um i can go get that money but like you've heard it said before it's never going to be enough money if that's the one thing that i want you can ask some of the wealthiest people on the planet like what's enough and they're like just a little bit more it just never gets to that point where it's enough but you start giving it away and you start seeing it impact other people then it's enough like because of the feeling people don't buy what you do they buy how you make them feel people aren't in a relationship because of what you do and if they are it's going to be a very shallow relationship they they are in a relationship with you because of how you make them feel and so my standpoint and it has been like this for a while since i've started to get clarity in my head a little bit where it's like i'm in a business of relationships Mm -hmm. Over and over again, whether it's somebody that works with me or somebody that I'm serving as a photographer or even their client, I want to get to know them so that we can serve them well. And so if I stay curious in that and understand that, it just opens up everything. And then we can impact people and, and show them like, hey, it's not so much about what you think. I and mean, it's not about being right or wrong. And if you want to have that conversation, it's totally fine. But I want to know why you want to have a conversation, why you want to feel like yeah. you're right. Like, just again, that curiosity is such a powerful thing. And I'm not great at it all the time. There's so many times where I'm like, I, I, I just get like, I, I hold my ground. I'm like, I'm going to prove them wrong. And then they're going to mm. know who they're messing <laughs> with. And that's a powerful standpoint versus like, I could lose them as a person, as a client, as a friend, um, because they choose not to be around this person that just wants to win all the time. It's not very yeah. fun. It's not. I'm a super competitive person. And so I've allowed one area of my life to be competitive in. And that's pretty much it. There's times where I'm competitive in business and things like that. But it's like, it's not my top priority. I get to be competitive on the tennis court. So like, if you ever play tennis with me, it's likely I'm going to trash talk a little bit. And I'm going to like, I'm not the nicest person. But afterwards, we'll be totally fine. And I'll get I'll laugh about it. And it's funny, I was just playing tennis. And these two people got into it. And I was like, am I that guy? They were, they were arguing, like cussing at each other over a call. <laughs> and it was like, whether the ball yeah. was in or out. And I was like, they're two doctors, super smart, <laughs> like way smarter than me guys. And I'm like, am I that guy? But I'm like, kind of okay with the yeah. tennis court. And that's about <laughs> it. But, in, but, am I, am, but am I that guy yeah. in life? Like, am I trying to be right all the time? Am I trying to like, make it to where like I'm on a pedestal above you. If that's the case, I'm probably not very fun to be around. Yeah. You know, I want to be able to have a conversation with you and, and to, to get to know you so that I can know, like you just want to be seen just like yeah. I do. When I think it's an, I think it's an um, interesting perspective for me to realize that like that is because that feels good to you. Right. It's like, is, is it, mm-hmm. I say that all the time to people is like, we're all selfish. Like we're all built as a self-serving device. It's the difference is when you're aware mm-hmm. of it is what you can use it for. You know, when you become aware that you're right. self-serving, you become, it gives you like this superpower to say, well, like I understand that I want to feel good about the person that I'm becoming, which is why I'm going to serve at the soup kitchen, which is why I'm going to go volunteer at the mm-hmm. dog shelter. I want to feel good about the kind of person that I am and the kind of things that I do in this world. But that allows me to do things, to choose things that are also beneficial and impacting in other people's worlds, which is even funnier because it's like, and that makes me feel like a good person. <laughs> It's like, but 
we yeah. do it. We do, when you have intentionality, and I've found this over and over and again with uh, business students is like, is that it's not because they're doing the wrong things. It's because they're not doing it intentionally. And once they start doing it intentionally, when you capture somebody's email, when they inquire with you, you're probably doing it because that's what whoever taught you to, to set up the inquiry page did. And, mm-hmm. but when you have some intentionality, what it now gives you is it, it now it gives you a whole like other world of things that you can do. Like, well, if you capture their email automatically, you can build a system in your business that just sends them an email and says, Hey, thanks for inquiring. Like, I'm excited that you, that people are reaching out. It's a neat thing for me to be able to touch people's lives. Well, you can't do that on purpose unless you realize you're doing something intentional or like that you have a, an asset that you want to use intentionally, right? You can't use it to, yeah. to make impact if you don't realize that there's a higher purpose and you're not just like, you're not That's just right. like filling cups. You're learning how to build, you know, like build a, a reservoir, you know? That's a really powerful thing, Chad, because I had a hard time with, with this for a long time uh, when my wife would say, can you imagine being mm-hmm. them? Right. Like somebody was like, it was a lot of times with my dad and, and he would hurt me and my wife would say like, can you imagine being yeah. him? And I was just so mad. I just wanted to be <laughs> mad at him. I didn't want to imagine right. anything except for him. Like also failing, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, yeah, I want you to feel the same pain right. that I feel right now. Um, but like, look at it from a different perspective. Yeah, like I can imagine being my dad now because I know him. I got to know him. I got to know who he was raised by and the stuff that he went through. But like, just take that and put it into business. What if you get an inquiry and your your sole purpose is to imagine being them, right? So they reach out to you and they want you to photograph their event. Cool. Imagine being them. What do they want what do they need? What's working? What's not working for them? They're planning a wedding or whatever uh, type of photography they're reaching out to you for. Just imagine being them and how can you serve them from a place if you knew who, who they were and what they were trying to mm-hmm. feel. Like that is a powerful thing. Imagine being them. So they're reaching out to you. What are they thinking? Oh, they're going to sell to me right away. Okay. What do they want? Ultimately, they want us to document this experience, create this story with them and and share this story and be a part of it. What if we sit there instead of like instantly selling to them, whatever it is. And it ends up painting this amazing picture where we get to serve them really well. And the way that we make them feel what we're causing is this like amazing experience. You can't even put a price on that. And it doesn't even matter. Yeah. I've said that a lot about pricing in general is, is, is like, that's the way I think about money is like, is if I can move to the same side of the table as you, then what we're doing is trying to figure out like the best way to do what you want to do. And then at the end of the day, I say, well, what we, what I have to charge in order to like make a living doing this is this. So this is what it costs you to have access to that thing that really you can't buy, you know? Is it puts yeah. you in a neat position? What's it worth right. to you? I love that. It's so different. Like, let me tell you what it's worth to you. No. What do you think it's right. worth to you? And then I'm going to tell you what I think it's worth to me. And then you get to choose whether you want me to be a part yeah. of that experience I, or not. It's such a powerful I, place. It's not, it's not, it's not power. It's actually, that's right. the strength. You, you've done the work, you know, like this is what it's going to take for me to do yeah. this. You know, we don't question like big organizations and what they charge. We don't try and negotiate those things, but for some reason as a photographer, we're okay with allowing this to happen to us. Right. Like we, I don't walk into like Nordstrom and say like, I don't think those jeans are really worth that. I'm going to, what would you take this? I don't question. You don't do it. You don't do it at Nordstrom and you don't do it at Wendy's. You know what I mean? Like you don't go to Wendy's and say, you know, actually, uh, McDonald's down the street has this burger for six ninety nine, dollars um, and you're charging $8.99 for it. Do you think you could drop the price a little bit? 
Like you don't do that because, and that's, I say that no. about sales in my mind, probably a hundred times a day is like, what is actually happening here is we're just getting to a point where you say, this is what I think it's worth. And you say, this is what I think it's worth. And if we agree, then you give me money. That's what's happening. It's not, mm-hmm. but, but that comes from a very different place of approaching it from what's happening here. You know, it's like, is, is, yeah. is it, if you can step that if you can step up in that plane in your own brain with like how you deal with relationships, I think this is a neat tie in and probably a good way for us to transition is like, if you can do that in the way that you think about people is you say in a relationship, this person is like causing me pain to be able to step back and say, like to have a curiosity and say like, what's it like to be them? What has happened in their world that they're willing to accept that version of themselves? Because I mean, you know how angry it's making you that that's who they're being. How do you think it feels for them to be that person and to know they're being that person? Like if you did that to somebody you cared about, would you, how long before you started using something to make you not feel that way? You know what I'm saying? Like it's, if you can do that in your personal relationships, when you come to, when it comes to a business relationship and for someone to say, you know, actually like that's way more expensive than what I thought it was. Like, what did it feel like to be them? What if you just said, okay, so what that indicates to me is either they do not value what I offer, not they don't value me, but what they think that I'm doing for them is not that valuable that I'm asking this much mm-hmm. money for it. You can approach that situation and start to redefine how you interact with them going forward. And maybe it's not, maybe it's not them. Maybe you don't salvage the relationship with them and they book somewhere else. But like, it gives you a purpose in a way to like walk through business stuff and this is why I feel like business got so easy for me was when you start doing this in your personal world, it's no different than what you do in your business. And then you don't feel like you have like all this work to do because you're doing it in your brain with the small amount of things that you can control in your relationships with the people around you and how you relate to yourself. And that naturally translates into how you run your business because you're dealing with people in relationships and it's just, it's just yeah. a different arena. You don't feel like you're running 80 different ways all the time. It felt so much simpler. Um, so let me ask you this, that we've talked a little bit about a lot of things, uh, personality and per, and people and, um, pain as a triple P alliteration. Uh, what's that. something you totally sucked at in your life? <laughs> what's this? Tell me a story about one time that you like when you, when you were in it, it felt like you were just going to get crushed by it. Yeah. Um, Always a fun topic, right? <laughs> Everybody's no, like, yeah, yes, like, let me no, tell you about something I sucked at horribly. No, I, I kind of like it. Like um, there was definitely, there was just these moments that I realized this is who you are. And um, at least that's what I thought. And it was like the first time was like, I didn't want to have sex before I was mm-hmm. married. And so then I had got caught up in like drugs and all these things, you know, and I didn't want to do drugs. I didn't want to be, you know, like drink too much and all these things that I thought were like these rules of made me who I was. It was really interesting. And then, then it was like, then, then we um, got pregnant before we were married, like heaven forbid um, the sinner is like unworthy of, of humanity, you know? And it's so not, not how any of that works in my mind now, but I just remember these failures and these moments in my life like that. So I would say it was like, I say all of those because 
those aren't the things that bother me now. The, the thing that bothers me is my mindset around that thing. You know, it's the same thing we've been talking about. Like, I'm not wrong because I did that. I'm not bad or broken because of that. I just did. I made a decision based on what I thought was the best decision right in front of me, mm-hmm. you know? And so I feel like I failed um, to, to, to think big. Playing small is so easy, mm-hmm. um, but it is constant. For me, it was just this, this like shame storm. And um, I hate, you know, I, I think my biggest failure, and it still peaks its ugly head up, is when I run to shame. And so I shamed myself for like having sex before I was married. I shamed myself for walking into a place saying like, Hey, I, my name's Sean and I'm an yeah. addict. It was an absolute shame storm because I am not anything but an addict in that mm. moment. And it's so not true. Yeah. It just meant that I chose to escape through this vice instead of be who I'm really made to be, mm. you know, what I'm like, what I actually can be. And so I think my biggest failure is allowing shame to drive this car is allowing shame for me to respond from shame instead of from like who I want to be. Shame still comes in regularly. Mm-hmm. Fear and shame regularly come in. I just, if I can be, you use an amazing word that I absolutely love. It's the awareness yeah. of, right? If, if I'm aware of it being there, then I get to do something with it. If I'm not aware of it, it has control. It has all yeah. the control. And that is not who I am. That is not who I want to be. That is not how I want to respond. But if I'm not aware of it, then I don't even get the option of anything yeah. else. It's the only thing that I think is possible. And so I have a lot of failure in my mm. life. But the, the biggest failure is, is not being willing to take a look at it and understand it and be aware of it so that next time it comes in, I get to make a decision that I want to. Yeah. You know, I have failure after failure after failure. I have a business partnerships and stuff that didn't work or whatever, you know? And it's like, I feel like shame, like they don't want to do business with Mm. me. Um, that's a shame. Like that's a shame, shame on you, Sean, for being that person. It's like, that's not the truth. You know, uh, it's so not who I am. Like I know what I'm capable of. And, and then there's this version of me that I, like, I hope that in three months from now, I'm not who I am. I do not have what it takes for me to be who I need to be three months from now yeah. today. And so I get to become that mm. where before it was like, this life can just keep happening to me and I'm just going to shame myself and I'm just going to, you know, like, I, I can't do this. Like I'm just this, yeah. whatever, you know, fill in the blank with the things that I failed at. I, I've had some, um, very fortunate. I feel like to be able to have some mentors in my life and my business as well that have said basically like, is, is you're welcome to, to try to assess what this means or like what this means about you, all you want or what this means about your business. But like the, the real thing that you should be like basing everything on is results is like, what are the results that it's giving you? And are you happy with that? Because if you are mm-hmm. ultimately, if your results are six figures a year and you're happy in that, then you'll be happy as a person because those results are indicating that the things that you're doing are working in the way that you choose to have them work. Right. But if they're not, they'll mm-hmm. never be enough. Right. And, and so that results thing is it's, it's helped me step back in like in an irrational way emotionally so often that like, like this person is screwing up and I like, it's, it's, I, I don't tend to go that way. My brain tends to go like, and how, what an idiot for you to pick them. You know what I mean? Like how stupid do you have to be to pick a partner who is obviously so bad at something, you know, or like, 
Like it's, it's like you find a way to make it suck. Even if it's not like it's, even if it is your fault and if it's not your fault, then you make it your fault. It's like, I don't know. So, but even that, the question I asked myself was like, and how's that going? Like, how's that, right, working, out how's for that you? working out for you? What are you, what's, what's yep. it do? Like, how is it producing the results in your life for you to continue to sit here and say, I can't freaking lose weight. Well, like, what have you done to try to lose weight? Are you being consistent with it? Are you making a plan to be successful in those things? Have you defined what even success and losing weight looks like? How do you know you're ever mm-hmm. going to get there? That's a question I ask myself all the time is like, what are the qualifiers for that word? When you say, I don't want to do it incorrectly, what do you mean by incorrectly? What are some of the things that are going to show mm-hmm. you you're doing it wrong? How will you even know? Well, we don't. You know what I mean? So like, it's just unbelievably frustrating, but like, what are some of the things you do on a weekly basis that help you? You said, um, to like, basically like to be able to treat people how you want them to be treated and to know what that looks like. What are some of the things that you're doing on or practicing on a regular basis to have control of that? Because it ultimately comes to an awareness, right? How do you stay aware? Yep. Yeah. On my side of things, I ask uh, these four questions pretty regularly, like what's working, what's not working, what's wanted, what's needed. So I get to, that shakes out a lot of things, but there's times where I, what do I still not have control over? I still don't have control over the other person. And so the only way that I can get something from them is ask for feedback. And so if I just rinse and repeat that over and over again, keep the, the, what you were just talking about is like a really um, impactful thing because what's your fault is very different than what's your responsibility. Like if my kid chooses to do something, it's not necessarily my fault. They made the decision and they sped. Therefore they got a ticket. Sometimes that feels like my fault because they're my kid. No, it's my responsibility because they still live in my house and it's the insurance and all these other things. So it's like, what's your fault versus your responsibility? Well, what, what is my fault is like making sure my side of the street is clean, mm-hmm. right? So what's working, what's not working, what's wanted, what's needed for me. Yeah. Then the person I can't control, that's my responsibility. It's not my fault. They can choose to talk to me however they want to. They can choose to respond however they're going to. So what can I do is I can ask for feedback. Mm-hmm. So I can say something along the lines of like, what is it like to be on the other side of me? Basically, how could I lead you better if I'm in a leadership role? which we all are ultimately. Um, How can I respond to you differently? Like when was the last time you asked your wife, like, Hey, how am I doing as a husband? Like what, what could I do to show up differently for you? Like, where am I not meeting those needs? Because before I knew that the other person loved or felt loved differently than I did, there's no way I could show up how I wanted Mm -hmm. to. Right. Like if, if my, um, (laughs) a big thing for me is like words of affirmation. And so if I just go around affirming everybody, it doesn't mean they feel loved because it could be acts of service. It could be physical touch. It could be something else. But until I ask them like, Hey, how can I show up for you? And she's just like, just clean the damn kitchen. Like if you clean the kitchen, you would realize that an actual act of service versus me saying like, Hey, you're doing a great job cleaning the kitchen. (laughs) And I just keep saying that over and over again. She's like, you cuts like get your up and help me clean the kitchen. And I'm going to, you you know, like, you know what I mean? And so it's like asking for that feedback is, is still very hard for me. But as soon as I let that pride go and I'm, and I'm not trying to win that one win, I'm in it for the long mm-hmm. game. Like, Hey, when, when all this beauty is like this amazing physique is gone <laughs> and I can't yeah. prove myself to you anymore. And we're just sitting on the porch having coffee, eating carbs again. 
like, are we going to still love each other? You know? So what could I do today to like set up for that in the future? Yeah. You know? So feedback is like a scary thing. Like, yeah. Tell me and my, my kids hate it. Cause in the last probably eight years, nine years, I've been doing this at father's day, father's day, it's father's day. So I get what I want. Right. So we go around the table and I'm like, um, how am I as a dad? Like, go ahead and, and rate me. And how can I show up differently? Mm-hmm. And they're all like, dad, like we just want to like have fun, you know? And I'm like, it's not about just fun. Like I want to show up as a great father for you, but you each need something different for me. So rate me and tell me how I can show up differently. What was something you hate, yeah. you know, that you struggle with. And it's, it's, it's amazing what comes of it. Cause again, it's just curiosity. Yeah. It's just me being curious mm-hmm. again. It's just in the form of feedback. Yeah. Feedback. So I feel like, um, we, my wife and I talked about our son, uh, our one son had, was like developing this really mouthiness tendency when he was probably, I don't know, eight or nine, he was going through that. Um, and I said, you know, I, and I had this conversation with him several times. I was like, Hey man, um, I'm a big, I'm a big kid. I'm an adult. I can handle my emotions. So when you tell me to like go die or like, you know, mouth off to me, it's a little easier for me to be like, Hey, you need to check your attitude. I said, but here's the thing. You're going to give that feedback to someone who gives, is not going to process that. And you're going to get some instant feedback that that is not how you interact with other humans. <laughs> so I'm trying to tell you in a safe environment, this is not a safe way to interact with other humans. I promise you at some point, someone will not be as um, motivated by concern for you as I am. So, you know, six months later, he gets throat chopped at the, in the, um, on the school grounds because he told some kid he couldn't beat him up. Like he got some instant feedback, you know? And like, I think it's, it is unbelievably in, um, invaluable dude to, to crave or desire, or even to like invite feedback into your life because so often in our life. And I would say, you see this all the time online is like, there is no feedback and that in and of itself is a handicap, right? You, you say something mm-hmm. to somebody online and you don't have any feedback. They don't get to punch you in the throat or like run you off the road or, or whatever. But then by the time you actually get some feedback, like you're so far down that road that like, you don't get to say like, how can I love you today? How can I make, you know, how can I do something that mm-hmm. serves you is like, is you, you don't develop that resistance or that desire to like, to know that you can do a better job. Ultimately, um, you end up doing a poor job and you, the way you interpret that is that either you're bad at being a husband or you're married to the wrong person. And I've seen so many relationships like that, dude, that it's just like, if you just ask yourself and your, your partner a couple questions a week and, and we're honest in like trying to figure them out, you would probably figure out you, you didn't marry the wrong person. You married the right type of person and they're a person, right? They're a, they're a person who like, just like you said earlier on, like they're just trying to do the best they can and they don't have a 30,000 foot view of their life. So if you have the opportunity to take a 30,000 foot view every now and then, like that's going to be so beneficial for you because what it's going to lead to is you understanding uh, that you're a good husband and a good partner for them or a good, Mm -hmm. a good wife or a good spouse or a good friend because you understand what the terms are, right? That's, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a huge deal. It just, it creates clarity. It's like, we, we have this, um, conversation in our relationship regularly, my wife and I, like, can I give you feedback? Mm -hmm. And you get to say no. Like if you're not in a place where you want to receive feedback, it's totally fine. But I might circle back around and ask again, but it's one of those things like at the end of a mastermind, I recently just finished up. I said, Hey, I want feedback. And they, they went on to tell me everything they loved about it. And I was like, cool. Now tell me feedback. Like, what did you not like? Cause that's the only way I'm going to be better. 
if you keep telling me everything that I'm great at, I'm going to settle. <laughs> and then I'm just going to yeah. like get content and I'm not going to be better for the next people that I serve. Same thing like with newer in, uh, team members to kiss. They are like, wait, why is the CEO asking me for feedback? Like, hey, hey how did that go for yeah. you? Um, did I show up well? And they're like, I'm not telling you. Like they want the security. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, they, they don't trust yeah, me yet, you right. know? But it freaks people out. Yeah. Like, but I'm like, no, I'm genuinely serious. Yeah. Like I need feedback. I want you to know what didn't work for you because I want to show up for you differently the next time. And I just want to care for them. Ultimately, I'm getting to know right. them. But if they tell me everything they like about it, then I think I'm like, walking on water and I'm not, <laughs> I'm totally not, yeah. you know, I've not arrived. I think, I think one of those things. that it's being curious on your side invites a curiosity from them too, which is like, ultimately it's a neat thing mm -hmm. to watch happen because it's kind of like that freedom of speech thing, right? Is like, you're telling them like, I trust you to think freely because it's not, you, you don't have the power over me. Like I am, I am yep. encouraging and fostering a relationship with you that says like, we're free to be honest with each other here and you can be safe doing that. And it, that curiosity for you from them invites them also to be curious, which is neat because it, it kind of removes the boundaries that typically like keep people from really achieving anything great. That's when it gets yeah. good is when it, when it comes back, because then like at first they're just like, uh, I don't know how to give this person feedback. They're like, they've put me on a pedestal already or whatever. Cause I'm the owner of the company, you know? And it's like, no, when it gets good is when they're like, Hey, how am I doing? Yeah. How am I showing up? Cause then they start to realize, Hey, this is just like my wife and I, like it's just easy. Cause we've been doing it probably the longest. Mm. Um, sometimes she says, Hey, can I give you feedback? I'm like, sure. But here's the deal. You tell me that you're for me and what you like about me. And then you can give yeah. me feedback. Because I just need to know. It just doesn't feel like you're for me. I feel like you're trying to control me. Or I feel like this is the story I'm already making up about myself. Mm -hmm. And so we have the same terminology in our business. If you ask for feedback, you can also set stipulations. Like, yeah, you can you can give me feedback, but tell me some things that I'm doing great yeah, first. That's awesome, man. And it's like, that's yeah. fair. That's yeah. fair. You've earned that. You're, you're asking for me to like hone you how I think <laughs> yeah. you need to be honed. So I get to tell you what I think you're doing yeah. right at first, you know, I mean, it's such a powerful thing. And then it's like, Hey, thank yeah. you. I know you're for me. I know you truly aren't trying to control me. You just want me to be better for, for you, for our clients, for whatever it is. And then it's just this atmosphere of, Hey, we just want to keep doing yeah. better. I want to surround myself with people that like refine me, not like just tell me I'm doing yeah. great. Cause as soon as I get content, believe me, I'm going to be like fat and happy is a term for a reason. <laughs> and I'm the type of guy that's going to get fat. And I do not like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 It's a, uh, there's a reason they put, there's a reason they put like a liquid on things before they grind them off is because it, it helps reduce the friction. <laughs> it hurts. Yeah, yeah. it hurts. <laughs> it's like, ah, that's hot. Yeah. That's yeah. funny, man. Well, Hey, uh, we, I don't want to drag this out too far. Um, I know that we could probably talk for another couple of hours, but like real quickly, let me know, um, where people can find you and if you're like, what's next for you. And as far as like, uh, in your business and, and what you're doing with your life. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, you can find me personally at Sean Austin, um, on Instagram, Facebook's at Sean Austin Gordon, um, professionally at kiss books. Um, and like I I'm, I'm an Instagram guy. That's kind of where mm -hmm. I live and, and do a lot of my communication actually. But what's next really is um, we're really just trying to continue to stay the experts in um, helping photographers succeed. Currently that has everything to do with albums. Um, I was a photographer for 15 years, shot around 500 weddings. And when I was the most successful, it was when I photographed, documented, created this experience and that lived on 
in an yeah. album. And so we know how to like serve every client with an album when it comes to weddings. So we're continuing to do that. We're wrapping up a book. I wrote a book. Um, me and the team at KISS wrote a book on, on how to serve every single one of your clients with an album. Um, why, why that is a thing, why, why that legacy piece is a thing. Um, so really like my, my vision right now is on focus, focus on finishing the book, fo focus on, on creating the webinars that go along with that and really focus on relationships is one of those. Um, I just finished my, I am vision with my, my coach. And, um, that's what we decided on is creating a system where I can focus on relationships and focus on, on finishing in these two areas of the business. And I'm loving it. I mean, it is like, it's a lot of pressure. Um, but when I wake up and have the routines and stuff like that, and, and when I put my head down to go to sleep, I'm like, wow, I've done some mm. things. Like, this is really, really cool versus like, I just survived. I just <laughs> yeah. barely made it. You know, yeah. there's days that are like that too, but it's the days that I can measure that progress that it's like, this is good stuff. And I know that what I have coming, like I have to grow in order to be that person. Yeah. And I love that. I'm looking forward to that. I'm making decisions either going towards that or not, mm. you know, just depends each day. That's exciting, man. I, I love when people have been in business and self-entrepreneur, you know, like entrepreneurial kind of ventures for 15, 20 plus years. And they're still like, you still like the excitement about life and business and stuff. It's a really cool place to be. Mm -hmm. um, there's nothing, honestly, there's, yeah. I think it's a choice. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, there's nothing more sad to me than watching people get kind of choked out because of the choices they are making um, and the choices that mm -hmm. are making are not like good or bad choices. They're just things that aren't giving them life. And so um, I'm excited yeah. for what you guys are doing because I know that you're doing that for a lot of other people as well. Uh, so you guys make sure and, uh, and jump on Instagram at least if nothing else and follow Kiss Books and Sean Austin. Um, he always, his stories are always entertaining. Thanks, man. <laughs> if nothing else, yeah. if nothing else, you'll be entertained. That's for sure. You will be entertained. Like, wow, that guy's yeah. crazy. It's awesome, man. Well, thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Um, I appreciate uh, all that you're doing and, and look forward to uh, what's next with you, Mira. Yeah, my pleasure. It was fun. Let's do it again. Thanks for checking out the Goat Rodeo podcast. Please be sure to like and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Goat Rodeo podcast or on Instagram at the Goat Rodeo podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to be notified as soon as new episodes become available. As always, we thank you for your support, and we'll see you soon.